Triple M Breakfast thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Hurry into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale. Shop our huge range of big brand fragrances at the lowest prices. Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Caxton Street, home of Suncorp Stadium, Lefties, Gambaros and the Caxton Hotel on 104.5 Triple M and the Listener App. This is Triple M Breakfast with Mardo, Margo and Dan. Triple M Breakfast. Pod, pod, potty. Pod, pod, potty. Riley from G-Bunk. It starts with re Triple M's party hole. Oh shit, that's the full time song. Played the wrong horn. Oh, I don't know, mine. Has someone confiscated my yeah. horn? Yeah. yeah, he did get confiscated. <laughs> Jamie, Stay Angel. by, boss. Apparently someone is suing Triple M for sounding an air horn in the studio. Deafness, yeah. yeah. Oh, was it that bad? Yeah. I'm surprised you guys were so... This is Riley. We're so late to announce that the party hole has... It's been expanded. It's been expanded. Well, the party hole on the 17th expanded. Oh, well, we only just found out yesterday. Well, he says, yeah. Riley from G-Bunk said, I saw it get expanded on Saturday in the third cubicle at Cloudland. What, what are you it? doing I out at Cloudland? I don't know what this means. Were you at Cloudland on Saturday night? No. Oh, I think you might have been. Holy, holy yeah, moly. Party holy moly. Did you chuck a moonie? Did you do a moonie or a brown eye at the Cloudland on Saturday night, Marto? Uh, no, not that. What, they expanded with I the bottle of grey goose? I told you, yeah, no, I was at the Callumvale Hotel. You can see me on CCTV. What's the third cubicle at Cloudland? I don't know what That's that where Marto was. No, wasn't he? I was oh. driving home from Calumbar because I'm too big a scab to catch a cab. Did you go in the toilets at Cloudland with <laughs> Kaylin Ponga, perhaps, or Kurt Mann? Or Sam Thiday and Ooh, that w- Darius, Darius Boyd. Boyd. That's a, that and was the Carmichael Alhambra. Hunt? No, that was the Alhambra and Carmichael. Or was it just Sonny Bill solo? Mm. It only takes one Sonny Bill to fill in all three of those. Mm. Let it go. Just let What, your party hole? Let Riley go. Good stuff, Riley. Keep it up. Mm. Keep texting. (laughs) Kate Kate. from Castledine, leaving school early. We were talking about it. Generated a lot of um, opinion, this one. For and against. Kids leaving. Can I get serious for a sec? Just serious for a sec. There seems to be a lot of high schools. You were telling us that you didn't want to get serious. One second. No, this isn't very serious. But a lot of the schools do have the two to three day apprenticeship schemes. Why do you need to go to school at all? Yeah. So you're saying actually finish grade 10, leave. Yeah, and go and work, and go for, and work. with men and you become... Five days sh- a week. Should say, it's happened successfully in the history of humankind where young men... Like, what about 12? Why don't we leave at 12 like in the Industrial, Eleven, uh, in the industrial Revolution? Eight, eight, eight years of age they're working in fact. A lot, of, a lot of kids dying, but people don't like their kids dying nowadays. We, work, well, we have better conditions now, terrible. though. Kate yeah. from Castle Dine, she, I, I agree with her. Learning mm. literacy and numeracy skills also happens when filling out work forms, super and tax forms, opening bank accounts, reading manuals and instructions, mm. handling money, others and their own. Learning life skills is vitally important. It is not taught at any level of school. It's taught on YouTube on how to do all or that from stuff. from your parents. Mm. Nah, YouTube's smarter than your parents. Mm. But, like, the, what she's saying is, is how about we teach the kids some life skills? You know, like, how about we learn how to do these things or be more aware of them so when we go into life we're prepared. But all those things that um, Kate's talked about yeah. are all available to learn off the little black machine here called the mobile phone. Mobile phone. A magic black rectangle. Yeah. And now everything and has autofill. You yeah. just literally press right. autofill and it puts your name, your first name, your last name, your bank details, your home address, your phone number, your email, puts it all in there for you. You don't even have to do any work anymore. 
normal. All right, I'm 15. I'm at two tw- end of two, only 23. I start my apprenticeship in January. Okay, I've got eight years leading in of building leading into the Olympics and chefing and hairdressing and everything else. I'll be a squillionaire by the time this mm. Olympic if I leave school now. If I wait and then do a four-year course and then go, oh, I wonder what I'm going to do for a job. I'll probably need a year off. I'll go travelling. I'll be 20. I'll have three years of earning ability or eight years. How old were you when you bought your first brand-new 79 Series Land Cruiser? 59 years of age. Okay, there are kids 19 years old rolling around on the beaches of Fraser, mm. Morton, Bribey, driving 79 series are Land Cruisers. U- are they at uni? And not just standard ones, I'm talking jacked up ones that they've probably they, spent 30 grand are on. They at uni? No. What did they do? Oh, uh, carpentry, plumbers, electricians, labourers. I'm oh, sorry. They've got their tickets for crane operating. Yep. That's great. We need people to do that. But just remember, if you're cut from a different cloth, we do need some kids to keep going to uni. This is actually audio from my first day as an engineer. I turned to the bloke next to me and I said... It seems we both got autism, haven't we? Yeah. Well, that's good to know. And that is good to know. We need those people who like to read and do hyper-focused shit. We you, love them. You know them. what's not needed? And then we love builders as well. Yeah, it's not needed at uni. Art, because that's for idiots. Hey, I met a doctor the other night of HR. (laughs) Doctor of what? I love that in human resources. He said, I said, oh, what's your name? He Uh, said, Dr. Daniel, whatever the bloody hell his name was. And I said, oh, doctor, what sort? Like open heart surgery or something? He said, oh, no, I'm a doctor of human resources. I went, what the? I said, are you ashamed to call yourself a doctor? Good one. Yeah. And, and he said, you're going to go to HR right now. Yeah, I said, did you name in the nuts? Why wouldn't you just introduce yourself just as Daniel? Yeah, you know, like, thank you. does doctor impress people? Yeah. Yeah, Particularly people. when in you're a his, doctor of HR. In his mind it does. People who don't dig enough to realise he's a doctor of yeah, HR. No, no, he gets away with this yeah, on a regular basis. I'm doctor of what? How many times has he had sex based on that line? Oh, I'm like, so um, I'm by the looks of his head, not, not many. Not at all. Okay. Ooh, good, <laughs> I don't think Dr. Daniel listens to our show. Or professor. We just call me Professor. Yeah. Anyway, you do have that meeting with HR now for shaming. Yeah, I'm going. Triple M Breakfast. We spoke about the major rugby renovation that needed to take place. Of course, all the a few of the member boards around Australia said, no, listen, McLennan, we need you to piss off as the uh, chairman of Rugby Australia. And thank goodness they've seen the light and the new Rugby Australia chairman is Daniel Herbert, Ashgrove born and bred. Hi, Herb. How are you, mate? Good morning, guys. Jeez, I don't know if you've been listening this morning, Herb, if I can call you Herb. Marto has been giving you one of the great pump-ups of all time, mate. He's very <laughs> bullish on you, so no pressure. No, no, look, I'm sorry, guys. I missed it. I've been uh, trying to get my kids ready for school. <sighs> Just a normal guy. Mate, listen, let, let's give everyone the message. You, you want to avoid the sugar hit of just going, oh, let's get a new coach, let's get a new coach. How should we start doing things? Yeah, well, I mentioned yesterday, I mean, you've got to go backwards a little bit because the Wallabies are the output of, of several things and you can't just keep thinking that you're going you're gonna to change the curtains and all of a sudden things are going to look a whole lot better. So I think if you go back over the last 15, 20 years, we change the coach for six months, we get excited and then eventually the scoreboard comes into play and we're not as good as we think we are. And uh, so I think there's there's a systemic problem there that's been around and it's it's been around because we've got this federated model that doesn't uh, bode well in high-performance sports. So it means that all of the uh, all of the teams have got to come together and work out a new high-performance system that's going to actually allow the Wallabies and the Wallaroos 
to perform and the sevens teams to perform at their best because at the moment there's leakage out of that system and it works great in a participation way but it doesn't work for high performance so we've got to all come together and realise that we're all joined at the same umbilical cord. The states are franchised, are they all in agreement that they need to come together and make these decisions on the behalf of rugby? Do they all see eye to eye, Dan? Yeah, they all see the need for change and, and that's it. You know, the old adage is then uh, who's going to put their, their hand up to do it. So all have stated publicly that we need to do this change. Um, so there may be some difference or different opinions around what that requires. But, you know, we don't have to cut and paste. And one of Marto's old teammates has been running an extremely uh, successful high-performance system over in Ireland. Um, New Zealand has it, Scotland has it. And, uh, you know, we, we've got the same system that, was there before rugby turned professional. So we've got to actually adapt. Other other countries have adapted and we haven't. And in the same time, our local competitors have got a lot more, you know, by the AFL and NRL, they've got a lot more organised as well. So we've just got a bit of work to do, but, you know, we've got to get out there and talk to them and get them in a room. Specific plan, I keep on talking about too many of our athletes, but we're the only country on earth that has three body contact, uh, professional body contact sports, and we're losing a lot of athletes to ARU. How do we, AFL and Rugby League, how do we make sure we hang on to a few more of those youngsters rather than having to buy them back after they've gone to league yeah well that's that's one aspect Marta. but i think uh you know they've got the same in ireland with uh you know gaelic and hurling, football. And, and and hurling as well i mean there's you know you've got soccer that's not not a contact sport per se but they get a lot of competition for athletes over there as well but they just focus on the ones that are playing you know playing rugby and they make sure they develop them to the best of their ability and nice. they're very very clinical so that's where i mentioned yesterday we've got to have an insular focus that doesn't mean you take your eye off the best athletes and that's certainly that transition out of school uh is an important area and you'd like to you know you'd like to be really select and targeted with the ones that you think are, are going to make it because you know, not all are going to make it. They're not all, um, you know, they're not all, all going to make it in league either. Which, uh, if we can, if we can target some of those that we know are going to, you know, going to feature later on, then, you know, that would be money well spent. Dan, is it about accessibility as well? We uh, know that rugby league has 18 teams, and so therefore there's lots of opportunities for young men to play that game. Uh, rugby union is also affiliated with private schools, uh, you know, GPS, etc. Is there a lack of accessibility for young men, you know, to be able to play in this game because there's not enough teams and they've got to go to a private school or get a scholarship or fork out thousands and thousands of dollars a year to be able to access the game? Yeah, look, I don't know the latest the latest figures around. I remember when I worked in Queensland uh, rugby, I remember at the time, and there was something like 300 schools and 200 clubs across Queensland. So if that's still the case, then I'd say no. Actually, you know, there's there's plenty of uh, access there for, for people to go and play either at school or at club. Um, doesn't mean it's thriving everywhere, and often, particularly in those regional areas, it can often come down to one or two local champions who really drive the sport um, from a volunteer base. So... Uh, so I, look, I don't think so. Um, I think they need to play more. I think the, you know, I think one of the problems with Australian rugby is they they just don't play enough games. And I remember, I think it was Robbie Deans or Dave Rennie saying the equivalent of New Zealand players play four to five times the number of games by the time they get to play for the All Blacks than Australian players. So we got a bit of an issue there. And so I would say the access is more the number of games and content that we've got. Nice mate, Dan Herbert, the new ARU boss with us. We've got to let you go, mate. But just 
very quickly, talking coaches, just I don't want you to overlook just a young buck born 30 June 1963. Nine Wallabies caps between 1989 to 1990. 65 caps for the Queensland Reds. Herbie. Vote one, Marta. Wallabies coach. One day, get him in the big chair, all right, Herbie. Just unleash the great man. Sorry, Herb. Hey, mate, good on you. Why are you laughing, Herbie? Why are you laughing? Yeah, no, send your CV through, mate. Yeah, right on, mate. Day two. Triple M breakfast. Day four of schoolies week today. Tequila Tuesday. Hope everyone's waking up. Mostly got the sombreros out. Unreal. Anyway, I have a look at that, and the reason I talk about it is because I saw him again on schoolies last night. Oh, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have a big problem. One triple three five three. Give us a yell. And I was talking to people about this on the weekend. We we're talking about not enough tradespeople, not enough ability to build infrastructure, skill shortage. Big. The big picture is we haven't got enough people to build anything. They're bringing immigrants in, Mardo, to be able to fill these jobs. Talking to men on the weekend, and we all started to go. Well, I think I brought it up and said we shouldn't be sending so many kids to grade twelve. So many of these young fellas and girls, perhaps, but I don't know that side of the coin so much. Should be pulling it up in grade 10 like we used to and you start an apprenticeship. We're wasting time because schools um, they want the data and everything else to tick and go look at the percentage of students who started our school who go all the way through to grade 12. This is a great improvement on the 70s and 80s and that's what they want. They want data that goes we're doing a great job as educationists um, by making kids stay at school longer and what they're doing by making kids stay at school longer is Achieving nothing. nothing. Absolutely For nothing. kids. What do you reckon? Are we start making kids stay at school too long? I know it's wonderful. Some kids are great. Go to university. Yep. A lot of kids, not nah, get into it. It used to be the norm. People my age, if you weren't going to go to university, you stopped at year 10 and you became a useful functioning member of society. Then all these schools went, oh, we've got to get our numbers up to finishing and we've mm. got to get university numbers up. And there's a certain shame associated with not finishing year 12, which has to oh, go. Oh, you only went through to grade 10. It's garbage. Paul Keating, a prime minister of this country, he bailed out of high school early. I mean, look at Dan. Things. He finished grade 12 and went to uni, wasted an engineering well, degree to end up Dumbass. here in radio. Right, Ended up I... pressing your buttons. What a waste. Side issue. Can I call a moratorium of not one more lawyer going, university <laughs> law degrees, <laughs> shut them down for 10 years. We've got enough. enough. Do you talk to Jack in Bethania, please, Marta? He's a teacher. Hey, Jack, what do you see or hear? Well, at our local school, firstly, you know, all kids get you know individually cased, of course, but are the schools finding that a lot of the behaviour management is coming from kids who aren't liking school, don't want to be there. So the school's made like a small shift uh, in being comfortable with encouraging kids to go try something that's more suited to them, like a like an apprenticeship. Like school-based apprenticeships are definitely Wonderful. a thing as well. Two days a week, three days a week, Jack. Yeah, school hands those, those out all the time. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's what should be happening. Dee Dee in Budrum, we can't get to everyone. Dee Dee uh, works in a school, sees a lot of kids who don't belong. They, it seems like they're not happy. Maybe they feel like they're wasting their Hold time. On, Do Dee a trade. Dee Dee makes a, makes a point. You can't drive, so how can you do apprenticeship? There's two parts to that. If you've got a good master, a good uh, boss, he'll come and pick you up or get one of the boys you know, yeah, to pick you someone. up. Or why can't we, if we believe these kids are semi-adults and we're saying you can use power tools and everything else and they can fly a plane at 16, you can drive a jet ski at 16, give them the bloody licence at the age of 15. Maybe it's a work licence or restricted. Only during the daytime, only during certain hours. Leanne in Mansfield, what do you want to say? Yeah, I'm a school teacher as well, but my son, he struggled at school. He had a school-based apprenticeship. So... 
but he was a bit naughty at school because he was bored and um, had learning difficulties. So Boys aren't designed to sit still for six hours. It's not how mm. they're wired. They well, don't not, work that way. Yeah, not all of them. So what, did he, of them. what did he do, Leanne? Well, he begged us halfway through year 11 to pull out of school and totally to, um, commit to his apprenticeship. Yeah. And we allowed him to do that. And then we had a happy boy again. Um, he's now 18 and he's in his fourth year of apprenticeship. So, you know, he's kicking goals and earning more money than half his friends. Uh, no, no, not half his friends, all of his all of friends, his friends, and he'll be $200,000 better off by the time they're both 25, all his friends and yeah. him are 25. We've got so much interest in this. Bernadette into Wong. What are your thoughts, mate? Agree, disagree? Um, actually, I, I do strongly think that it's best for kids to stay on until the end of grade 12, and it's not about getting into university. Hmm. I, I think it's about what you're talking about, those core skills. So, you know, language, numeracy and digital skills. And yeah. you know, there's, a, there's a huge deficit in Australia with like um, you know, 45% of the population not having reading and writing skills and 55% not having the numeracy skills to be able to work Whoa, effectively 40, in the workforce. 45% did you say? 45%. It's a PIAC um, study that was done in Australia 10 wow. years ago. And Australia chose not to go back into PIAC this year, it's every 10 years, but they chose not to go into PIAC because of those results. And so yeah, there's Are you a teacher? What do you, yeah, what do you do, Bernadette? You seem quite knowledgeable about this. <laughs> uh, I work in, in the vet sector, so vocational education and training. And it's, right. it's, it's an area that I'm really passionate about. And it's, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's um, you know, the, the, the statement, the comment that, you know, at 18, kids are able to earn more money and they get ahead of the game. But mm. what about when they're... 28 or 38 or 48. They're you know, still they're Bernadette, I've lived this mm-hmm. life. I've been a lifetime tradie. My son's a tradie. He's now 24. Yeah. He went to school until grade 12. I'll tell you right now, every tradie's got mm. more money than everyone bar <laughs> rip-off lawyers. But Bernadette, uh-huh. what about Margot's point about if we can send kids to trade school but still keep some of that core curriculum yes. in there so they're, they're getting the nuts and bolts of what they need to know yeah. but they're diversifying into something they're interested in? Exactly. That's what I think, that the pathway of both finish year 12 plus also employment pathways, upskill, try out the trade, you know, because the other thing is maybe they change their mind. Like how many people drop apprenticeships? Mm, I and, like you know, that. If they, mm. You know, if they, if, they try, if they keep their option open by finishing year 12 plus, trying out the trade that they think they like, and at least they have options open. If, if they change their mind and want to do something else, at least they've got their, you know, their, their reading, writing and digital skills. You know, digital mm. in the future is going to mm. be the big thing. You're too smart for our show, but thank <laughs> you very much. I think makes a good point in the sense <laughs> that so digital... Thank you share my thoughts. Thanks, right. love. The kids have access to laptops and phones. That calculates everything for them and it auto-corrects mm. and spells on their behalf. So I think the lack of literacy and numeracy is not uh, a school-based thing. Mm. I think it's, well, kids have access to phones and laptops these days. that They've got the information and internet at their fingertips. Rick from Caboolture, what angle are you coming from, mate? Uh, from the construction, mate. I'm a construction manager for Stoddarts and we are oh, desperate right. for people. Yeah. And we have no, yeah, we need to get them in there, get the kids out there. Now you want to fix the youth crime epidemic, give them a purpose. Yeah. And yeah. sign these kids up, you know, yeah. first hand. And if you, Anna, the second thing is too, if you put them as an apprenticeship now, they'll be building your Olympics in 2032. That's yeah. right. Rick, what, what stage do you want them? You don't want to be the one who's correcting their behaviour. At what stage can you handle them and they're actually useful to? Because I used to remember first year apprenticeships used to make us no money. Second year, mm, maybe. By third year, that apprentice is making you money on site. What about you? 
Mate, we can have them early. As we can start traineeships here, like obviously leave school, that'd be good for them. But yeah, if they can get here, we've got traineeships, we got, we're desperate for people. We've got an ageing workforce that is getting less and less capacity every day. Okay. The other one well, was, they were saying before, they can't drive. They're of no use to you if they can't drive. Yeah, well, this is where we need the government on board, isn't it? So, to try and help out with that. But I agree, if we're going to start, let's start them at school. Let us go to school and start pre- training these guys them. to groom them for our industry. You, nice, don't, you don't want kids, though, to become, you know, the problem kids of society to become the problem kids of, you know, industries construction. like construction by giving them apprenticeships. But maybe the ones who are interested in saying, hey, your alternative is jail. They're already disengaged from school. They're already disengaged from society. They're bored. If you're not you know, going to go and do a traineeship or an apprenticeship or go back to school, jail is the only other option. Maybe we look at giving them... But uni sieves a few of them out. They'll go, oh, I give up after... Yeah, you know, a lot of them do give up after the first year. Go, oh, that's not for me. But, mm. but God, we... Yeah, I don't know. Do a lot of these 14-year-olds could become locksmiths. They seem pretty good at breaking into houses. <laughs> oh, <Mechanics>, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> what wiring cars. <laughs> hey, keep it going. We're loving it. 04841045. Shoot us a text. Triple M Breakfast. World champion Australian cricket team, of course, uh, wrapped up their... Uh, their title yesterday. They had a fair old celebration too, apparently. Got stuck into it in the Still celebrating, would you room. think? Well, I heard it was a dry state of oh. India where they were at that uh, Not whatever. in that dressing Not room. The- it yeah. was like an embassy. Yes. <laughs> it was its own land. It was a cocoon of beer. Um, had a great time. I can't believe Dave Warner. Did you? Do you all know that they've got a four-day, four... Two twenty matches against India starting tomorrow. Oh my gosh! Money, 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 and that's what, what it's all about. Dave Warner saying, oh, "I'm going to come home. I'm not going to play in that because uh, I'm really sad. I miss the communion of one of my daughters." Hey, hold on, what a perfect thing to miss. Yeah. There's nothing you look. <laughs> there's nothing. Yeah, anyway, um, did Mitch you see Star- his tweet? No, what did you say? David Warner's tweet. Did you see that coming? We did. Zero from two and you all wrote us off. Here we are, winners, world champions. Shut up, Warner. He's not wrong, Shut up, you stupid (laughs) wife. And also, cop that England. (laughs) Mm. Are you satisfied yet? That's what you should be. We're good, your shit. Get on. Uh, I see uh, Josh Hazelwood, Pat Cummins and Mitch Stark all coming home. They don't want to play that T20. And it's all about money. And so it should be because then I see the story about Mitch Stark. You know, he's married to uh, Alyssa Healy, one of our greatest female cricketers. Yeah. Just bought a house for $25 million at Terry Hills. Just, what would you describe? Upper North Shore, I guess, Terry Hills you describe. In Sydney, yeah. So, what do you get for twenty six million in Sydney these days? Uh, I did it's write a, a few things. It's a two bedroom apartment, I think. <laughs> <laughs> there's a cabana, there's a chalk shed, there's a tennis court, there's one point eight acres. What size block? One point eight acres. Nice. It looks all right, but no. 25 million. Sorry, did I overstate it? It's only 25 million. Oh, that's fine. Oh, that's, what's your problem? Right. I just want to know how do you afford to pay for it? So I started doing some digging. Mitch Stark, as far as the internet can tell me and help me, he might be on close to $3 million a year. So remember this. Elisa okay. Healy, even harder to find out what she makes, but I'm saying a million About a, year. a million? So if I take, have we got the calculator there to help me out? If yeah. I take the 25 million and I see their other house is going to be auctioned soon for nine, let's say they owe $16 million. They've got a mortgage for $16 million. That is about a million dollars a year at the current rates, a million dollars a year in interest. So that's Alyssa's, hey, give me your, give me your check, he says to his wife. So That'll pay the interest. At, at 6%, I'm getting 80 grand a month. Just uh, just interest. $80,000 a month. And that's interest. not paying That's off 20 grand a week. Uh, 20 grand a week is the interest. Thank God. How much got, spending money have you got left over after that? Well, they don't have to do many groceries because they're away 11 months of the year, which I don't know why you have a $25 so million a house. house that big? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't worked that out. 
Mono, Mago and Dan on Triple M. I notice... You haven't brought up a particular thing, Marto. You're playing games with me, or Margo's coming back in now. You te- right. you're teasing I've seen me it. as well. I, I can see it in the background on the telly. The AFL draft. There's something going on, and you've gone two AFL step- draft song today. Do they? Yesterday. Do they have some respect? This is not lame. AFL is great. I didn't even listen to that rubbish yesterday. Some of it on today as well. They've When's the NRL first. draft on, I tried to on, talk Margo? over the top of it yesterday so that we that could have been didn't rude hear it. Yeah. Rude. No, in a NRL draft, they don't do it. They should do it. It's good fun. Uh, what, what's good fun about it? It's just confusing. What was that thing a few weeks ago? It's very NFL, isn't it? It's very American. Is but, it another American oh. thing that we've adopted? Remember three weeks ago, just after the season ended, what was that? Wasn't that a draft? No. That, that was, was a, a trade the period. The trade period. Come on. Shut you are up, right, though. What are you doing? Oh, no. Well, we had to listen to it. Trade you are period. right. But what does Australia do? Whatever America does. So oh, we're is that on what's happening way. here? Yeah. Oh, this is where they go, oh, our first draft picked is... Oh, no, it's radio. You can't just point and oh, say that something on the TV. No, so. but they get, oh, father-son... They get son, handed a jersey. The father-son rule. They often go, oh, the father-son rule. He gets again? to stay at the Bulldogs. And uh, oh, but if you don't... If you, oh, I don't know. What I'm does going it all so, mean? How long do you want this to go? I can make it really long make or really short. All right. quick. So, driving home yesterday, listening to my AFL podcast. Could you imagine what I have to put oh, up with? Because I listen to it on double bloody speed. Hell. See if yeah. you two, here's the summary, can interpret this. Even I was struggling. Why don't we start with Harley? Obvious reasons. That's a lock. He's going to the Eagles. That's going to happen. He'll be wearing the number nine, I expect, as well. Nick Nando is coming to present that to him. Colby McKercher and Zane Dersma, I think that's the way it's going to go at North Melbourne. If it's a bit here for Jed Walter, Ooh. or if it's a bit here for Jed Walter, I expect the bits to come with him to Ooh. one of those two selections there for the reason. This is a big call. I mean, this shakes things. Even I was going cross eyed on the drive. actually home. listen to it in double speed because yeah. such a nerd. I try to. Is that how your brain it, operates? Okay, Here's what's the, the take home? If you love yep. the Lions, what's the take home? Well, they didn't get a pick in the first round. So, so nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened for the Lions. All right, if I'm the Suns, which I am a big got the tattoo in your Supporter of. You're yeah. an ambassador for yeah. the Suns. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm their Brisbane you're ambassador. Gonna get, you're going to get it out at the party hole, aren't you? Oh, blood oath. Yeah. Your son's tattoo. Get son's tat out. The tat is next to the party. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be bum dancing. You got the world's biggest 18-year-old. His name is Jed Walter. You matched North Melbourne's bid, Marto. Congratulations Oh, well to done, you. How much he, did we pay for him? He's a beast. Oh, you're a son's fan too. Of course oh, yeah. you are. You're yeah. halfway yeah. to the coast. I like Carmichael Hunt. You don't pay much for this. He's finished up, Carmichael Hunt. He's not there anymore. Here's the big takeaway. <laughs> Everyone has been talking about this bloke called Harley Reid. He went over to the Eagles. Not Harley Breen. Harley, Harley, Harley Reid. Reid. <laughs> How tall is he? Uh, he's 195. So this whole week boy. is about who wants to buy a, a baby giraffe. Player, player. They're just baby giraffes. Oh, look, I'm really you won't tall. hear this anywhere else in Australia. Oh, there was controversy. The number one pick actually went to someone else. We won't hear about it anywhere else in Australia because no, no one else gives cares. a shit about the AFL draft. How long do you want this to go for? Well, come on. We asked you to wrap it up about a minute and a half. You will apologise to me when you hear what happened. I butted my jam on toes quicker than you could do this. How tall? Who are we talking about here? A really tall person who can kick a ball. Oscar McInerney. I've made you both a present and you're being very dismissive. There's a present here for both of you. And now I feel like my friends It's not another song, is it? Mm -mm. Oh, another one of your dickhead songs. (laughs) There was a player. Turn that frown upside down. There was a player that was drafted by West Coast before Harley Reid and unfortunately passed away. How do you guys feel? Well, I haven't read anything about this. Why did he die? Did he die? Did he die? Did he die? 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 He's dead and you guys are laughing and you've made it go for bloody four minutes. It's not Brian, is it? I expected a Brian from the Siggy package. Oh, no. Not West Coast. 
He died on purpose. Are you happy that you ruined that in the lead-up, you too? Hmm? Okay. Are you happy? Well, if you weren't so you've, secretive. You've made a whole joke I'll about expect that. an apology in writing. And to kids listening now playing AFL. Every cigarette is doing you damage. Don't, Don't smoke. smoke. No, Brian. That's the lesson of Brian dying every single Brian time. Brian died yesterday. He died the day before, too. Triple M Breakfast. Guys, new president was elected over the weekend. We missed it on Sunday. Argentina. I don't know if you've got the Argentinian anthem there, Den. That'll do. That'll yeah, do. Well, Marto said it sounds like it a circus. It sounds like a circus. It does sound like yeah. a circus. Well, he's uh, Argentinian dancing. Beautiful. Well, Javier Millet, uh, ladies and gentlemen, he's a Argentine economist uh, and uh, com- uh, politician. He's been announced as the new uh, president of Argentina. Argentina elected the right-wing libertarian Javier Millet as its new president on Sunday. Voters rolled the dice on an outsider with radical views to fix an economy battered by runaway inflation, giving Millet, an economist and former TV pundit, a clear win with 56% of the ballots. He's the Donald Trump yeah, of Argentina, like oh, I believe. No, 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 no. Just get, make sure you get this right. He is actually an economist. Donald Trump's an idiot. Yeah, OK. Well, they call him the wig in honour of his great bouffant. He looks a little bit oh, like Austin way, Powers. Right. He's got the hair as well. He's got he? the hair. Is he more Boris Johnson he's, or Donald Trump? Well, He's got Ooh. more hair than Donald Trump, but he looks, uh, you know, that sort of unkept kind of Boris, Boris Johnson-like. Yeah. I'd made bed. Uh, he's a climate change denier. He's only young, isn't he, if I remember. I remember reading a few things about this bloke. Is he 40-ish? Be, yeah, yeah, he's born in 1970. Yeah, right, oh, 50, yeah, but younger than any American politician who are all in their mid-70s, yeah. Uh, there's, like they said, he's a bit, uh, what do they say, left-wing... He's, no, he's against the woke, wing, so whatever that is, he hates the leftists. He I says, love your political analysis. <laughs> I don't know what that means either. <laughs> anyway, he had this to say. He used to carry around a chainsaw in a symbol oh. of his planned cuts, but shelved it in recent weeks in favour of a more moderate image. Can you imagine our politicians just, like, carrying around a chainsaw, uh, you know, that aren't going to compete in the steel timber sports? Excuse me, our former Prime Minister used to carry a whip. Oh. Scott oh. Morrison, that's right. Uh, he uh, did an interview before he was elected. Al zurdo de mierda no le podés dar ni un milímetro. ¿Me puede definir zurdo de mierda? Yeah, que no. It's in Spanish. I've got a translation. He says, uh, you can't give those SHIT leftards an inch. All collectivists, all kinds of collectivists, they are shit. If you think differently from them, they will kill you. This is the point. You can't give leftists an inch. If you give them an inch, they will use it to destroy you. That's They're it. sons of beers, he great. said. Freedom goes forward. Hail freedom, Damn it. That's great. That's the translation. Yeah. And you got a chainsaw. You yeah. tend to <laughs> listen yeah. to him all the time. If you listen closely. There it is. Anyway, watch this space. We won't only be receiving <laughs> US updates. Now we'll be getting the Argentinian ones as well. Excellent. Well, I've got that anthem anytime you need it, mate. Political coverage. Yeah, thank Come you, Come to Margo. us here at Triple M. That is comprehensive. Well done. You're welcome. Marto, Margo and Dan on Triple M Breakfast. They're Brisbane ass. I still want to talk sport here. There's okay. a woman that I was made aware of over the weekend. I'd never heard of her before, Charissa Thompson, but she went viral for all the wrong reasons in America. She's a sportscaster, boundary rider, from what I can gather, predominantly. So like a Daisy Pierce. Is she a female covering men's sports? Correct. If I want a big pitch, what have if I, done? I want a big boobs and football analysis, I'd bring back Daryl Bryman, okay? <laughs> nice. That's all I want to say. <laughs> it's not really like I've had enough of it. <laughs> I've had enough. There's enough women's sport to women not 
not to be to be involved. Well, you actually might like what Charissa, mm. if yes. Charissa's even a name, oh, is doing. She's got in trouble for making up some of her commentary, specifically when she says she's spoken to a coach. I know you're a former commentator. Marto, just give me your take. She got in massive trouble okay. for this on what she said on a podcast here. I would make up the report sometimes because, A, the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late, and I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report, so I was like, I'm just going to make this up because, first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop hurting ourselves. We need to be better on third down. We yep. need to stop turning the ball Pressure over. the quarterback. We need, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, and and do a better job of getting off the field. Like they're not going to correct me on that. Right. So I'm like, it's fine. I'll it w- just make up the report. Wow, interesting. Well, it's a useless thing. That, that yeah, what, okay. what happened yeah. in the dressing room is an absolutely useless report. And I, I know I'm covering. Oh, everyone's aware. Is everyone aware? Because the coach doesn't go. Oh, come on in. I'm going to make a bit of a speech at halftime. I'd love you to spread it all over the uh, airwaves after halftime. It's nonsense. Are you okay with that? Like, she got in trouble for that, and I feel like half the time when I'm watching sport, right. I'm like, they didn't speak they to didn't the coach. That, that is coach. Well, what was the message at halftime? Oh, well, listen, it's just the message, whatever she thinks the message should have been, they just say that. Half the time what they can't even get in there, into the dressing shed. Weren't you telling Not me about... Not half the time. They never get, get into the dressing shed. Who got banned? Who got banned? Was it Brad? Brad Fiddler was the origin one day. They shut one night. They were behind Queensland. They shut the door. And whoever was doing, I think it was, wouldn't have been Gordy, would it? Whoever was doing the Queensland side, the, oh, Fatty, reported in whispering. And, and, the, and the coach was, because he was allowed in. Whereas Fittler, they shut the door and said, get stuffed. And then he just made it up. He just patted the wall. There was pictures. Do you remember this? I just assume most journalists make most exactly. things, articles up. Anyway, it's it's a combination of their perspective, All their right. opinion, their knowledge. All right, but I'm going to say to you, and I'll go back to my initial comments, she's never played the game of football before, whereas someone like Brad Fittler has. So at least I'd listen to what his thoughts were at halftime. Why do we listen to these Muppets? The other thing that shouldn't happen is those halftime, as they come off the field at halftime, <laughs> what do you... How'd they go? Oh, yeah, shit so house, or good. And, so and then they bad. go to the restroom. That's the biggest waste of time. Might as well just go to an ad. Remember when the uh, players were on strike and we got to hear from the parents more? <laughs> that was... And the that coaches. Was, that, that, was, that was okay. That was better. I think people like the better. insight, though. It's like the V8 supercars. You know, they have some of the greatest access to those drivers right up until they basically... Well, whilst they're in the car about to take off on the grid. That's I think fabulous. people yeah. like having that, you know, close access That's to real. them. Mm. No, no, but some trumped-up 23-year-old report that's not real. Like, that's just nonsense. But also, they might actually die. Whereas if you're hearing Daily Cherry Evans go, oh, mate, I'm 37. I shouldn't be playing this anymore. Walking off the field. You're done with it. Mm. But, you know, just... Mm. So, Marta, your opinion is, is if you haven't played the game, you don't ha- aren't really allowed to have an opinion or Correct. a perspective on the game. Absolutely. And females shouldn't report Female- on men's sport. Sorry, Margo, have you noticed how much women's sport there is? No, Can I know. I, I'm cover that? I don't believe males should be covering female sport. Is it not, not good to get both perspectives, though? Why? you got a female sport and you got a male sport. If mm. you haven't played, I don't believe your opinion is valid. Okay. Sometimes It can be comical, but it's not valid. Sometimes when you have played, it's also invalid, like when like when Fatty oh. talked to Wayne. Remember Fatty was asking Wayne well, about whether he had a plan for Nathan Cleary? Yeah. Dolphins playing. Do you have a plan for Nathan Cleary? You don't worry about it? Just, just a general plan? Who's not playing? He's not playing. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. See, that's lazy. <laughs> that just means you're lazy. Breakfast. Guys, a uh, huge weekend uh, for music. Robbie Williams is in town and uh, two sold-out shows at Cirame for a day on the green. I don't know if we've got Robbie in the system. Do we play him on Triple M? Yeah, I can dig Let me Robbie entertain you. you. I don't know, something like that. I just want to feel... 
DJ. Apparently it was a great time. 13,000 people on the Saturday night and oh. equally the same amount on Sunday night. With Kylie. Yeah, at the winery out there at Mount Cotton. Ceremony. I saw him at the grand final. What was that, last year? Last year. It was pretty good, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I saw him at Suncorp all those years ago when he performed at Suncorp. Somebody mm-hmm. told me, did he, do, did he do a warny chant the other night? Did you hear that one? No. Apparently he did the warn eh? Well, when he did the grand Thank final, you, didn't he blow a kiss at the Shane yeah. Warne stand? He yeah. is built for stadiums. He is built Flamboyant. for stadiums. He's quite entertaining. He's got a new Netflix documentary out at the moment. Kat started watching that the other night. I why think did... that's why he's here. He's promoting his Netflix why is documentary. Why Winery? Why couldn't he have done... Well, he's a part of the Day on the Green tour. They do those at the wineries. Suncorp have done all of their tours for this year. You know, oh, they, they had Motley Crue, Jeff Leppard. I don't think they're allowed to have any more, obviously. Oh, Taylor Swift is here next year, Pink's here next year. Like, there's lots happening. A lot of people double up, go Saturday and Sunday to Surumo, you reckon? Oh, I don't think so. Apparently it's a bit of a nightmare to get out of uh, on the Sunday night. Took them 80 minutes or something like that. Uh, But he he addressed a moment where he talked about the 90s and concerts in the 90s and the vibe um, that it used to bring. And uh, a couple of girls from the Gold Coast, sisters actually, Carly and Christy, uh, decided they'd bring back some of the 90s vibes and they'd get up on each other's shoulders and one of them said, let me entertain you, Robbie, and got her boobs out. Just flashed Robbie her boobs. It initially, thing, initially she did boobs. it with her bra on. Got Boring. no attention. So she thought, you know what, I'm going to grab his attention by taking my bra off. He pointed at her and she flashed him his boob, her boobs. And he called it out and he said, thank you. I just want to thank those two beautiful women over there they are beautiful. for showing me their boobs. Oh, we've been distributed a picture of the mother. I, I I've just got the photo. They're you. fairly attractive Gorgeous. looking. Look very much like my wife. Um, now, did one of them get on the other one's shoulders? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. 49-year-old rocker. I hadn't seen a set of knockers like that in a while. It'd be the one what, in the, the short time, right? It, it, did he say, I haven't seen a pair of knockers? No, like, I just made oh, that up. I was being clever. Knockers has been quite knockers. a lot of time. Knockers and rockers. <laughs> knockers. He later did add, he said, I'd like a round of applause for the two lovely ladies who got their breasts out this evening. Oh, both of them got their oh, boobs out. She's Apparently. in a turtleneck. Did she go from the bottom what? up, maybe? What, did we see oh, both the, these yeah. two girls' whose photos you've put in front oh, of me? Have neck. we seen the norks on both those at the on, at the cinema? Look, they're very attractive women, and both of their breasts are beautiful. Where's and I appreciate them. I'm sure Robbie did too, which clearly he did. Why don't I see a photo? Why have yeah. I got a photo of them with clothes on? I don't believe it happened oh, you, until you I get want evidence. Boobs photos. Well, we need well, evidence. Well, maybe you can look on her Instagram. She did post to her Instagram saying, uh, "I'm not sure what you've done lately as a crazy thing, but I jumped on my sister's shoulders and flashed Robbie Williams." He then threw. Me his RW merch T-shirt. RW Roy Williams. I would have wanted an invite backstage with Robbie, not well, just one of his T-shirts. Yeah, what, what were they aiming? When you, if you're there and you show someone your boots, what are you aiming for there? What, what are you a looking reaction, for? Reaction, obviously. Yeah, yeah. A wall of peace. Some yeah. attention. You want backstage. Well, she's you in the paper. We're backstage. talking about. You want backstage? Yeah, I'd want to be backstage. But Robbie's crack. married and old now. He's only fifty. Uh, he's a rock star, man. <laughs> you know, he's got <laughs> spare time and money. Well, I don't believe it till I see the picture because I'm a journalist mm. and I'm going to need confirmation. He did say in his Netflix documentary that if he's not on stage he only spends time in bed. He said, I love bed. Bed's my really? favourite place. So really? Right. He did. Alone or? <laughs> Funny. Maybe with this girl. Triple M breakfast. Went to a lot of trouble. I went home and saw the salespeople after the show yesterday and said, listen, TAB, TAB, they big advertise. They said, oh, I advertise a little bit. I said, well, listen, I'm going to get into them tomorrow morning on radio. Is that going to cause trouble? 
And they went, oh, I'd probably better if you don't. I said, well, I'm not holding back here. The tab have dudded me. I uh, spent Melbourne Cup in the tab suite mm. at Melbourne Cup in the birdcage. It was a wonderful event. Well, that, a, that's not going to hold me back. Hosts. Oh, yeah, that's not going to hold me back. And you know the start of this story. Margot's worried her invitation for next year will be redacted uh, well, based on whatever you things, say. I'd like things to distance may myself. Turn, <laughs> things may turn out okay here because, yeah, how I said, I'm going to go and get stuck into them because Friday... I had three tickets. Yeah, I remember. My three tickets. They were going to fund oh, your Melbourne Cup tickets. Melbourne Cup tickets. Yes. And I reckon I'd won about $220, $230. I'd done the calculations, woke up on the Wednesday morning after Melbourne Cup, went, I'd better go and claim them. Hadn't done anything about it. Found myself at the Story Bridge Hotel last Friday, did a big lunch there and thought, oh, before it gets underway, I said to Deary, the owner, Richard, I said, listen, where's your TAB? La, la, la. Put it in. Mm, nothing. Mm, woo, woo, woo. Second yeah. one, nothing. Woo, 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 woo. Third one, nothing. It just said no ticket. Did you back the winner, number three? I backed the winner. A fight? And I backed the uh, Shiraz come second and I backed Solcom that came third. I had them all written there and I knew they were all winners. I went, this is ridiculous. But held my breath, put them back in my pocket, made it home. They were still in my pocket when I went to, on Sunday, I went to... The Hammer Hammer. Hotel next door to me, where I purchased the tickets, because I don't just like using accounts, and I don't bet much. So I went to the Hammo, same thing, and I said to the guy, listen, mate, I know these three tickets have won, and I was starting to get antsy, because it was me 220, I knew I'd won about $220, I thought, well, love having cash in my pocket. I said, mate, called him over, I said, mate, there's some sort of problem here, I know these three horses are all winning tickets, bang. He said, oh, I don't know, well, we just operate this, you know, this is part of the business there at the pub. And I, oh, you have to speak to the TAB. I went, how do I speak to the TAB? He goes, go up the road, there's an actual standalone. There's not many of them around, TAB um, We've got outlet. one in Cornubia. Right, well, you go, he said, go up there. So I went, right, I will. Yesterday, after I finished here, 11 o'clock, not many people in a, t- well, zero people in a TAB on a Monday morning. <laughs> what a surprise. It was a bit lonely and, it, and I felt desperate walking in there. Cost of living crisis, Mato. But, you know, I, walking in, I look, anyone see me? Here I go into a TAB. It's t- it was 11 o'clock on a Monday. Embarrassing. Mm. All right, so I went in, same thing. I said, hey, mate, because, you know, it was very personal because there was only the two of us in there. I said, go, mate, go, mate. Um, Mate, I've had problems with these tickets. Can I just try them? Eh, nothing. Eh, nothing. Eh, nothing. You're getting gutted here. Do you, do you is get there mad? an expiry exactly date said, on the claiming? No. no. Uh, ah, yes. Ask that to the guy at the pub. He said it's a year. Yeah. Oh, You've got a year ages, to claim your money. Ages, because I've still got tickets. I, I said, has this claim. ever happened you're before? Fine. I said, I said, you, you're, you're a racing person. You'd know who won the Melbourne Cup. I said, all these are three. He said, yeah, you're right. And I said, has this ever happened before? Though I've got the winning ticket. He said, you know what I'll do? I'll ring the office in Sydney. Here we go. Come so on. he's ringing the office. And I started to walk around. And I, I looked on the wall and went, oh, there's probably someone to complain to. I'm going to, I'm going to have to fight this. this you is do gonna... love uh, complaints hotline. I don't like it, but if there's a, you know, if well, there's Jason, a fight Jason, our vending on, machine operator, doesn't mm-hmm. like it either. <laughs> Well, if Jason, our vending machine operator, would do his job better, he wouldn't keep getting phone calls from me. All right, back to the TAB. So he did. He said, oi. So I'm looking around trying to find the complaint number on the walls and checking out Shepparton Greyhound race number four, I think. You were having a punt. I was not. You were having a punt. I did not have a punt. You win some, you lose more. All All right. right. Watch yourself. All right. One, triple, three, five, three. When did you blow up when you were actually in the wrong? He's come back. What happened? Oh, bloody hell, Margot. It wasn't the winning ticket. He said... Don't tell me you've already 
It was the wrong race. No, that's you what I said. That many I said, bets. have I done something wrong? Have I done something wrong? Was Melbourne race? Was did I bet on the wrong race? No, Melbourne race seven is the Melbourne Cup. He said at seven twenty-one oh, on that go. night on the Melbourne Cup you night, you've already collected you've already the money. Collected, you I said, oh, oh bloody God, hell! I said, no, that's not possible, mate, because he said eight twenty-one, but it was Sydney time. He said at eight twenty-one. I said that's not possible. I go to bed before then. I'm very strict with <laughs> the bed. Time. Any chance you were wandering around Melbourne Cup night no, at seven twenty-one? Remember what happened? Mr. Greg Martin. I think we've cracked Case Columbo. Well, that's why he couldn't remember. He spent $220 on rum. And then then the bloke said, oh, you're the radio bloke. Didn't even know my name. He said, you're the radio bloke. Dan. I went, yeah, I should have said Dan's name. I am, you asshole. My name's Dan Anstey, you prick. I'm so old. But remember when you used to put your ticket in and they'd take it. But Now they give it back to you. And they give it back to you. They just give it back to an idiot like me. If you, 7.21 p.m. you claimed, if you go to Dan Murphy's, they'll have a receipt for Bundy Rum at 7.22pm. When did you blow up? When did you blow up and you were actually completely in the wrong? Hit us on the burner phone too. 0484101045. Imagine a lot of partners are going to be dobbing each other in here. Security camera footage. Yeah. Corey always reminds me that yeah. I'm an idiot. Were you in the wrong? Always. <laughs> Triple M Breakfast, don't you know, Marto, Margo and Dan on the radio. Triple M Breakfast with Marto, Margo and Dan. And as Warwick Kappa says at this time every day... Please get out the airspace. There's a 747 coming. Big bad. Mitch in the morning's on the way. But before we go, we have to acknowledge a very special member of the team, and I, I say special, special on many, many levels. Alex, our AFL Nuffy producer. Happy oh. birthday, buddy. On behalf of yep. uh, Indian cricket team, <laughs> Virat Kohli and the boys. On behalf of uh, Marto Margo and I, I got you a present, mate. It's that expired protein cookie that I he found at home. Hey, he's already got one. You're not eating the other one I gave you. He, he also is producer of uh, AFL football for the Lions and everyone here in Brisbane, girls and boys. What Happy birthday, Alex. We love you, mate. Mm, he's special. I only just realised two minutes ago it was his birthday. Why did you think I was playing what that music? What do you think all the balloons gosh, on his desk were all day? <laughs> I didn't know that was his desk. <laughs> As your treat, Alex, you can come on in on one of the microphones and talk about the AFL draft for five minutes. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Mitch, can we, you interrupt? We no. will be off air, though, for that. Yeah. Take it away, Mitch. <laughs>